there is a lot of action. This show that Rod and his team, Thad, the whole shebang, have put together is reminiscent of the good old days. And I can't tell you how hard it is to be able to say that because, frankly, the good old days are long gone, and many auto shows that existed in the good old days are long gone as well. But thank goodness for the hard work of the Detroit Auto Dealers Association. Uh, Certainly, Rod Alberts, as the executive director of all of these things, um, this 2023 North American International Detroit Auto Show is spectacular. I hope you will come to the charity preview tomorrow night. We have plenty of tickets, and we need to sell them because this is money that goes to six children's charities. And I don't know what they would do without this money. So let's not make them find out. If you haven't made plans yet, please come to the charity preview. Not only is there going to be world-class entertainment, there are going to be some raffle opportunities to win some new cars. It's rather incredible. I mean, it's, it's a spectacular event that just uh, keeps getting better after we went through some very tough times, like a lot of people went through tough times. So we'll have the Detroit Auto Show's Automobili D uh, showcase, all kinds of things. I want you to go to naias.com slash charity preview tickets. That's naias.com, Automobili, well, go with the naias.com slash charity previews. Best way to get right to the charity preview tickets. I hope you'll do that, and I will look forward to being there with you, and we will have a special program that will start with Marie Osborne, um, and uh, she, it, that will start at 6. I'm trying to keep all this together. That'll start at 6, and then I'll come over after the uh, ribbon cutting and uh, do my duties. But Lloyd Jackson and Marie Osborne will be there starting at 6 tomorrow night for a special charity preview broadcast. Meanwhile, uh, Jennifer Hudson's going to be there tomorrow night. At the Signature Black Tie Charity Preview, benefiting six children's charities. I salute the UAW for understanding how important that is, and they say they're not going to cause any trouble or pickets or anything else. Should they not reach an agreement by midnight, 11.59 tonight? And here's, I I know it's a long shot, but I'm hoping and praying they can. But again, go to NAIAS.com, Charity Preview Tickets. And join us tomorrow night for the ribbon cutting. Still a lot of tickets available, and we need your help. Meanwhile, we're checking in with the vice president, head of interior design for Ram, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep, and Wagoneer at Stellantis. And I want to salute Carlos Traveras and Mark Stewart for the incredible job they've done during these rocky times and trying to work things out with the UAW. And I want to thank them, too, and uh, Sean Morgan for coming up, stepping up. And uh, they're back in my my Paul W. Smith, the Charity Golf Classic, this coming Monday. It's the 20th annual one, and they're back with us. Thank you, Sean Morgan, Carlos Tavares, Mark Stewart. And they're going to be doing it on behalf of all of the dealers, all of the Ram Dodge Chrysler Jeep and Wagoneer dealers at uh, Stellanus. And the guy who's vice president and head of interior design, Ryan Nicode is on the line with me right now. Ryan, uh, welcome into the fabulous auto show. Thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Well, my goodness, we love having you here. And you have uh, done some great reveals, like, for example, the refreshed, 
refreshed 2024 Jeep Gladiator. Um, J.D. Power's number one midsize pickup for initial quality with a standard 12.3-inch touchscreen with Uconnect 5, a windshield-integrated stealth antenna. Yeah, there's a lot going on here that, that we're going to love seeing, and you must be proud of creating. Yeah, we're, uh, we're excited. We're excited to, uh, to have uh, the Gladiator be a pretty big hallmark for the show. I think when you, uh, when you get into the Stellantis space, you see that uh, we have a lot of activity. We have uh, two test tracks, and, and one is, is featuring for sure the, uh, the Gladiator front and center. So it's, it's been pretty amazing to uh, just keep, keep refining our products, and uh, we're happy to do it. Well, the 24 Gladiator is, is without question 100% truck, but it's still 100% Jeep. Yeah, it's uh, it's such an icon, and uh, and that and that's something when you're when you're talking about the design side of it, uh, you got to be careful. You got to be careful not to uh, not to quote screw it up. You know that is so true with uh, with a few other car makers too that have those kind of iconic vehicles that you've been selling a lot of and people are loving. But the way the business is, you improve every year, but you just want to make sure the improvements pass muster with your uh, your your current customers and your potential new customers. And uh, uh, I, the, the 2024 Jeep Wrangler is going to be very familiar. My, uh, my daughter Sophie drives a 2023 Jeep Wrangler, and uh, she loves it. Yeah, you're going to have to, uh, you'll have to get her into a, to a new 24 eventually. But uh, yeah, slow down, some... slow down, pal. <laughs> Dad's got to pay the bills. Um, we just, I know, I know. we just signed I, the I lease you. with Mark uh, Snethkamp over there at uh, the Snethkamp Family uh, Automotive, and, uh, and and she loves it. But I'm going to try to not let her see anything new for a couple of years. <laughs> no, I and and she should still love it, and it's a, and they're great vehicles, and and I. I think the stuff that we've done, you know, it's just it's really little improvements uh, in the right places, listening to customers. And I I think with uh, with Gladiator, with Wrangler, it's uh, it's getting out there and uh, wheeling, you know, with the public, um, learning, learning from things we see on the trail and and applying it to those vehicles. And let me uh, say to you, Ryan Nagode here, vice president, head of interior design for Ram, Dodge, Chrysler, Jeep and Wagoneer. Boy, that Wagoneer is incredible. At Stellantis, and uh, let me just say this. Uh, you don't know this about me, but I, I started in my broadcast career f- over 50 years ago in Toledo, Ohio. So you bet oh, I am good. very familiar with your team down in Toledo. They have such pride, and they do such a great job, and uh, I'm sure that's still the, the case. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's great having uh, vehicles that are truly built uh, pretty close to home here too as well. It's it, it's awesome for the team that's uh, designing, engineering, creating to be able to go to the go to the floor, go to go to right where at, where the action happens. Where obviously all the the men and women um, working hard to put the vehicles together. It, it's great to to kind of have that interaction, right, and really see it. And and I think that's awesome. They did. I don't know if they still do, but they did. Uh, for a moment, uh, at least, have a Jeep museum in Toledo that was uh, started and paid for by one of the hospital companies there. Now, the guy who used to run that hospital company who wanted to do the museum is gone. And, uh, and frankly, the people that I spoke to on their behalf at uh, then Chrysler, uh, Sergio most notably, 
uh, are gone. So I don't even know. Do you know if they still have a Jeep museum there in Toledo? That's a good question. I think uh, I think we'll have to look into it. Yeah, I mean, it's um, some of these products obviously deserve it, uh, deserve that that history, um, you know, and that that's the stuff you know even within internally to our our own collection that we have and, and house and take care of with the design office. Uh, it, it's important. It's important to uh, keep keep those memories in place. You know. Time to check in with the senior business editor, columnist extraordinaire Daniel Howes. We have until. 11.59 tonight for some kind of a miracle to happen as the UAW is indeed ready to strike selected plants at all Detroit automakers, according to Sean Fain. Let's uh, follow the story with the man who really follows it from the inside and out, Daniel Howes. Good afternoon, Daniel. Hey, Doug. How you doing? I'm doing well. Um, I wish... The folks in all of these talks who are exhausted now, we're doing as well, but I haven't seen anything that would indicate to me that we're able to avoid a, a work stoppage. No, in fact, I think the opposite. I mean, I think you saw some, and heard some frustration from Ford CEO Jim Farley down at the auto show. Uh, he and Bill Ford, uh, I think on Tuesday, made a, another offer to the union. And as of earlier today, had not received any response, as I understand it. Um, that's the one. Let know, me. Let me. I, that's the one they say is better than anything they've offered in any labor contract in over eighty years. Apparently, I mean, you know, you have to discount for inflation and a whole lot of other things. But, right. Right. But yeah. But 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 nevertheless, I mean, I'm sure it's. Uh, they're trying to meet them on a number of issues at the beginning of these. Negotiations were considered non-starters, like uh, reinstituting some form of cost of living adjustment, um, as as one example. Uh, you know, I, I I'm I'm somewhat pessimistic, as I think you are, that this is going to not result in a, in a strike at at 11:59 tonight against actually all three automakers. Uh, I think they're trying to make history here. Uh, they're calling it a stand-up strike, in contradistinction to the to this, um, the, the sit-down sit strikes in Flint in, I believe, 1937 uh, that culminated in GM recognizing the UAW. Um, they're calling them a stand, stand-up strike and, and also touting in a recent press release that came across uh, during our morning news meeting, so you know, sometime between 10.30 and 11.30, uh, saying that this is the first time in history that the UAW will have been striking all three companies simultaneously. Uh, I, I think I think that is clearly a a, a bid for history, uh, and um, to be able to say we did it, and what happens next, I would assume that you're going to see some additional plants being taken down, methodically, because um, I'd be surprised if you had a you know within 48 hours had a tentative agreement with one of the companies, although it's possible that you could, uh, and then. Uh, there's more focus on the, who's left. Um, but I think I, I increasingly feel like this was a foregone conclusion um, that uh, no matter what the companies did, there was going to be uh, a strike short of them uh, blank checking uh, whatever the demands were and saying, okay, we'll meet your, meet your demands, which is just, just doesn't happen in, in labor negotiations in this town or any other. Well, when look, when Mr. Fain, I know I've said this 14,000 times, but when Mr. Fain said 
before negotiations really even began, but I guess negotiations have been going on the last year or two, really. Um, when he said that the, the auto companies, the employers, were the enemy um, and that he wouldn't shake hands because he felt all of that was just fake back in the day, although it was a tradition. And then when he said that the companies were making uh, obscene profits, I, I realized we had a real problem ahead of us. And mm-hmm. that that problem is, is coming true at this point, or so it would seem. I mean, crazier things have happened, but if, if we got an announcement of a settlement before 11.59 tonight, I, I would, uh, I'd be thrilled, I'd be happy, but I'd also be equally shocked, as it sounds like you might be as well. Well, there has been some b- quiet murmurings uh, uh, behind the scenes as Sean Fain ascended to the presidency that, that he had a kind of a reputation for not being able to close deals. Um, I think we're going to find out whether that's true or not true. Uh, and I said to one person who told me that, I said, what does that mean? And, you know, essentially that he wouldn't compromise. And that negotiation is just reiterating your set of demands and basically saying, okay, you need to meet me and you need to accept my demands. And that's not how bargaining works historically in this industry and a lot of other industries. Um, so we're going to see, we're, we're ultimately going to see. Um, you know, this is happening at a time when the companies are generally, the industry is doing generally very well. But it's also a time of, of, of great competitive upheaval. Uh, new competitors are coming onto the scene. Uh, you know, Tesla is now, it's not just a quaint little startup. It's, it's a major player, not only in the United States, but around the world. Uh, and its labor costs, by the way, are uh, 45 bucks an hour all in compared to 65 bucks an hour for Detroit at the moment. Currently, and, yeah. And if, and if they were to agree to some of these other things, the number could get over 100 bucks an hour per person. Um, that's not competitive and it's also not sustainable. And people can talk about all they want about the profitability of these companies and everything, but that is that can change. And in fact, in a, in, uh, in a, any of us like you, like me, who've been around for a while, we've watched it change. And I haven't heard any yeah. language. I've always heard, and I agree, that when the car companies are doing really well, so should the workers. But I haven't heard anyone say, and when the car companies are not doing really well, which is going to come down the road faster than anyone might guess with this whole EV revolution with the rest of the world. I haven't heard anyone say, okay, good, they're going to do better when the car companies are doing better, but they have to feel the pain of the markets when they're down. Well, and that's, and, and to some extent they, they do when you have, um, uh, you know, profit sharing, pay, payouts uh, declining. Right. And by but the way, if you, do have, if you do have a strike of any appreciable length, you will, you will be giving back profit-sharing payouts. Uh, I don't think there's any question. Now, there may be an effort by the union to try and ameliorate that in a settlement by getting uh, additional signing bonuses that can kind of take the sting out of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I suspect that companies won't be too keen to do that uh, if they're coming off of a strike. And if they go long enough with this strike... We will watch as the market goes down because it will go down because we are now competing with people we've never competed with before. Yep. And yep. Uh, it's going to be. Keep repeating that, Dub. It's so true. And, you know, I never heard anyone say, and, of course, that's because I am not you, Daniel Howes, who are really on the inside on all this stuff. When you said that 
that Sean Fain had a reputation of not being able to close things. I didn't think that he was in a leadership position long enough to gain that. But somebody did say to me, we're going to watch to see if Sean Fain is the George Armstrong Custer of the UAW. Now, if you don't know what that means, just go back in, <laughs> into your history books, and let's just say none of us want to be the George Armstrong Custer of anything. You look into <laughs> Little Bighorn, okay? <laughs> I appreciate your help as always. We'll talk again very soon, Daniel. Thank you, sir. Uh, you, you bet, Doug. Daniel House, Senior Business, business Editor, Columnist, Detroit News. As we continue from the auto show, I love this note from good old Henry Payne. He says, coming to the auto show is going to be like a shopping mall with rides. The Motor City experience. He has got that right in a big way. I do hope you'll come. And even before the auto show opens to the public, the charity preview is open to the public. Open to you. I hope you'll come to that tomorrow night. N-A-I-A-S.com. N-A-I-A-S.com as we continue on WJR. Well, I see uh, Henry Payne, who's all over the Detroit News today, and well, he should be, but he points out the North American Car, Truck, and Utility of the Year Awards kicked off yesterday, first full day of the tech days, if you will, and press days of this great North American International Detroit Auto Show with the best of 2024 vehicles nominated for the 2024 prize, 10 cars, 5 trucks, 10 utility vehicles advanced to the semifinal round of this pre- prestigious uh, contest. I'm just glancing uh, just real quick here, and I see, for example, under cars, the Toyota Crown, the Toyota GR Corolla, the Toyota Prius, Prius Prime, um, so Toyota is uh, it's under the SUVs, the Toyota Grand Highlander. So that's got to make uh, our next guest, Jeff Makarowitz, Group Vice President of Technical Resources of Toyota Motor North America Research and Development in York Township, Michigan. Very happy. I'm, I'm assuming you're happy, Jeff. Indeed I am, Paul. And boy, what a great time to be in southeast Michigan. You know, our Michigan Wolverines are playing well. Our Detroit Lions have their home opener. And as you just stated, uh, we have the start of the 2023 North American International Auto Show. Uh, Toyota and Lexus both have displays this year, touting our full portfolio of electrified vehicles. And by electrified, I'm referring to anything that runs on electrons, including hybrids and plug-in hybrids and battery electric vehicles, including some of the vehicles that you just mentioned, the all-new Prius Hybrid and the Prius Prime plug-in hybrid. Uh, the all-new Crown, which is our new flagship hybrid, and, of course, the BZ4X, our battery electric vehicle. And certainly with a large R&D presence here in southeast Michigan, we're excited to be part of our hometown auto show. I, I, Jeff, I've been around a long time. Is this a reappearance, a reemergence of the name Crown? Because it seems to me maybe it was just when I was visiting Toyota in Japan many years ago, there was a Crown around there was a crown yes basically uh this is the the uh reinvention of the crown if you will uh it's uh into a, a state-of-the-art hybrid vehicle and um if you ever have the chance to drive it please do it's really amazing you know hybrids have really involved i, I think a lot of people still think of them as this gas dipping technologies that are you know they're great for the environment they're great for fuel economy but they're boring but that's no longer the case uh, with, with the evolution of hybrid technology, they're really a, a sports car now. They're really quite fun to drive. 
Uh, we're pairing them with uh, turbocharged engines, and so that lag that you typically experience with a turbo uh, can be mitigated through the use of hybrid technology for instant torque. And so really amazing how far these have come. Well, our guest, uh, Jeff, has been around for, well, since 1990, joining Toyota Research and Development as an engineer in the materials engineering department. With You've had a variety of positions in the areas of corporate strategy, product planning, research, design, development, and evaluation. i got to tell you, it's a long way away from your graduation from the University of Michigan, my alma mater, which I know you're proud of as well. Absolutely, but it, it's really been a great ride, and, and I have to tell you that the last five years in particular, as uh, you may be well aware, uh, we, we've seen a change like we've never seen before. The, the, the pace of change as we shift to what's uh, called advanced mobility, you know, finding better ways to move people, goods, and information uh, through connectivity, through automation, through electrification, it, it's really, really been mind-boggling. And you know, as we shift to electrification, just for example, you know, Toyota's invested over $10 billion in the last wow. two years to ready our North American facilities for the increased production of these vehicles. And this includes a recent announcement of the creation of a $50 million state-of-the-art battery lab here at our Saloon campus. So we'll have the ability to research, design, develop different types of battery cells, modules, and packs to support our North American operations. So, you know, our footprint here in Michigan just continues to grow. Well, you're a Michigan company. You're an American auto manufacturer, for goodness sakes, Toyota. Uh, the first so-called foreign manufacturer that joined my Paul W. Smith Golf Classic. Thank you again for being there for now 20 years. It's our 20th annual. You've been All-American there at your York campus now with the construction of the Battery Lab, the money you've put into Michigan, Ann Arbor, and others, uh, the STEM Education Institute, uh, and, uh, and the efforts, too, in local workforce and talent development. You guys at Toyota have done a tremendous job, and I thank you for that, Jeff. Thank you very much. Thank you, Paul W. I appreciate it. Jeff Makarowitz, Group Vice President of Technical Resources, Toyota Motor North America, Research and Development, York Township, Michigan, as we continue in focus on 760 WJR. We're there at the fabulous... Well, these are the press days, so I, I'm not trying to get you to come out today because it's the Tech Day press days, and uh, that's why we're here on the front line and giving you a front row seat for the 2023 North American International Detroit Auto Show. Tomorrow will be the charity preview. I hope you will come. N-A-I-A-S, as in North American International Auto Show, uh, dot com, and buy your charity preview tickets and come to the best party ever. I mean, it's going to be incredible with the Jennifer Hudson singing, uh, all kinds of stuff going on uh, that the Detroit Auto Dealers Association has planned for you. And let's kick it off right by raising money for those six children's charities, uh, and it'll be great. It'll, how about no snow tomorrow? There is no snow in the forecast. And my next guest, Baron Mead, remembers when we used to have to go through the snow to get to the charity preview. Yes, it's, uh, it's, those are good memories. Everybody made it through, but uh, this weekend is going to be amazing. You know what uh, some of my memories are, Baron? You, and I guess me as it turns out, as much younger people, <laughs> uh, going all around the world to the various auto shows. Yes. But I was there with you. You know, it was, it was an, an amazing time, and, uh, and you know, being uh, blessed to be from a Detroit automotive family, 
then to get to tour the world uh, and watch and see how the ship, the world is developing in automotive and transportation, is, it was amazing. I still have a little issue uh, with handing over over 100 years of head start because of the internal combustion engine, basically. Mm-hmm. And so all of these new guys that are coming out yeah. with cars are now like on a an equal playing field, only they don't have the legacy costs or any number of the expenses we have. So we kind of gave away our advantage and made it a level playing field for companies we've never heard of. And, by the way, more to come. That's another story. You're right. Baron Mead is a longtime auto industry insider, Detroit native, um, born and raised in the automotive industry. I think it's uh, safe to say. He has uh, invested in and operated various award-winning auto dealerships, including Mead Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Mead Lexus of Southfield Lakeside, Toyota of Bristol and Somerville Ford. The Mead family opened one of the very first Lexus dealerships in the country, and you had to be like a little boy when that happened. Well, I was blessed to be uh, just uh, starting college, so I got to hey, sell. Are you kidding? Yeah. So, um, Ryan, you're a lot older than I thought. <laughs> I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Yeah, <laughs> you, to be right. You are. Yeah. And now, uh, what are you doing right now? So uh, I advise. Um, so uh, right now, I'm doing a lot in uh, electric vehicle charging infrastructure. Ah. So um, you know, part of the challenge with uh, with this uh, evolution of the business is, you know, making sure the customer experience is is good. Um, but between dealers and uh, you know, charging operators. Making making the uh, ease to tra- um, to electrification easier is where I'm spending my time. Well, good for you. Yeah, um, uh, EVs, batteries, EV charging infrastructure. Of course, we remember as we sit here getting ready for this 2023 North American International Detroit Auto Show that you were chairman emeritus of this, uh, and as an entrepreneur and advisor to the automotive industry. Um, you're a subject matter expert, in fact, in the things that we've talked about regarding digital marketing for the auto industry for quite yep. some time now. Yep. It's, uh, well, I like to say, you know, the beautiful thing about the Detroit Auto Show and being part of the show, uh, you know, when, when Rod and the team got here, is that it's, you, you came here to see what's happening, what's new. So, um, you know, I try to, you know, stay up to date with the latest trends in technology and obviously electrification, electric, electric infrastructure is key, and you're seeing that in this show. And Rod and, and the and the team has done a great job of, of capturing that and uh, giving the show a very good future. How tough is it compared to when you were an active dealer? How tough do you think it is today to be a dealer? Well, it's it's you know being a dealer. There's a lot there's a lot more. To, you know, it's not as much feel. It's more data driven to be a dealer. Yeah. So you can see that um, as you get down the road. There's going to be a lot more, you know, electric vehicles, much shorter, um, you know, much shorter product life cycle. So it's going to be more challenging to stock and have the right cars at the right time. So, you know, you're going to have to really rely on data. It is it is different, relying on data. Of course, I just talked to a dealer who told me much of the activity now is done on the Internet. And not necessarily cutting out the dealer, but when people come into the dealership, they pretty much know exactly what they want, and they're there to pick it up. Yeah, so the electrification of the auto industry and the retail end is very similar to when the Internet came in in the mid-'90s. So when the Internet came in, it was like, okay, what's going to happen? And it took, you know, in the auto business, it takes about 15 years to get 
something from early adopters all the way through the system. Mm. So it, it did take a long time. It, Although this electrification, because of, uh, I think, the political push, the Washington push, has gone much quicker, faster than we, the people, are all all in. I'm just saying. we got to go. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. He had an answer. He was loaded for bear on that one. Baron Mead, longtime auto industry insider and good pal, as we continue on W. So glad we're together here on uh, this uh, press and tech day. Remember, tomorrow it's the charity preview. Boy, if you haven't gotten your tickets yet, I hope you will. Go to NAIAS, as in North American International Auto Show, NAIAS.com or NAIAS slash charitypreview.com. Either way, get there, get your tickets, be there with us tomorrow. You're going to have great entertainment from Jennifer Hudson as part of the show and lots more, in fact, that will be going on. Uh, It'll be a lot of fun, and it's for the children's charities. And I thank again the UAW for understanding how important that is and pledging that there will be no picket lines or work stoppages or anything at all that will get in the way of raising money for those six children's charities. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, believe me, that is a, a very important note, and we have uh, made it clear here. I I did it. Did you put that thing online yet to Mr. Dave Rieger, the uh, little video I did? Where where would they find that? WJR's Instagram? Okay. I didn't even know there was a WJR Instagram. <laughs> but anyway, um, I don't know what it looks like. I hope it looks okay. But we were standing over at an American immediately classic sports car street legal race car basically and that's the mustang gtd and jim owens is the mustang marketing manager at ford motor company he's been there 37 years in the last 20 plus years in the performance area of mustang and i i don't know you really well jim We've chatted a few times, yeah. and I always love hearing your voice. Well, and I love hearing your intelligence and expertise and inside knowledge. But I'm going to say this. I don't think I've ever seen you smile as much as you're smiling these days. It is unbelievable, Paul. I, like, I, I can't tell you. Like, 23 years I've been doing the performance stuff. Worked for Carol Shelby for four years wow. directly. Wow. Um, and I'm waking up in the morning going, oh, my God, I cannot <laughs> believe we are doing this. Well, I... Uh, <laughs> I heard about it, and now I've seen it in person. It is awe-inspiring. It makes you feel good that this is American metal that could go up against any exotic from any country in the world. Yeah, it's completely different than anything we've ever done on Mustang before. You know, we love our Shelbys. We love our bosses. You know, Boss 302, the Mach 1s. You know, those were an advancement of the streetcar to make it more performance-oriented. This is shattering the image of what Mustang is. This is taking the GT3 race car that will be racing in Le Mans next year and in Daytona and at Sebring here and then making it street legal. And then what the cool thing is, Paul, is like sometimes those sanctioning bodies don't allow you to um, do all the technological advances. 
So we've designed things that are in that card that aren't legal in the racing oh, <laughs> in the really? racing series. No kidding. Yeah, working with our friends up at Multimatic and Larry Holton, the, the guys up there, you know, he's the incredible genius along with our Ford performance team behind the curtain in the Wizard of Oz of performance vehicles. Um, you know, that is an 800-horsepower car that is rear transaxle that has active aer- aerodynamics. It has uh, multi-stage um, suspension. It has 325s on the front and 345s on the rear. Um, it has a 50-50 balance that will make it targeted sub-seven-minute on the Nuremberg ring. Oh, my God. And so if you look at the cars that are actually titleable that can do that, it is rare air, and this Mustang will go out there and compete against the world's best cars. It's been our best racing vehicle ever. We've been racing since Henry Ford back in 1901, right? <laughs> right. You know, the, the old sweepstakes car. Like, this is the winningest Mustang, is the winningest nameplate that we do. It'll be racing all over the globes, and then you can take that GTD and drive it to the racetrack and drive fast. It's all street legal. Jim Owens, the very excited Mustang marketing manager, Ford Motor Company, and they, Dave just handed me this. If I were running my own board like in the old days, I would bring in a little music right now, a little eerie kind of special music, and I would say, deep inside a metal storage garage, hidden behind a wind tunnel in building in Allen Park, a handful of team members gathered in 2021 for a new after-hours mission that on paper felt like an impossible dream. Design a Mustang to take on the best of European sports cars. I would bring the music up there (laughs) and crash with cymbals. Uh, It's all true, though. The building is behind the old wind tunnel um, uh, just off of Southfield there, and it's, like, right next to the garbage cans, and there's, like, leaving a couple, like, a porta potty sitting inside of it. Like, nobody knew what was going on in that building. Right. And literally a small, very small team. Um, You know, we kept it very tight to the vest. Um, I was not one of the original team members, but I was brought in relatively quickly after it that have developed this vehicle in, you know, complete secrecy so we could, you know, shock the world in, at, at Pebble Beach. Mustang GTD shattering every preconceived notion of a supercar available late 24, early 25. And here's uh, the rest of the story. Any of us who have sons <laughs> will really appreciate this, but everyone will appreciate it. Here we have. Jim Owens putting his heart and soul into one of the biggest and best projects he's ever been assigned to in his 37 years uh, doing a performance and, and Mustang work and 23 in performance Mustang. And he gets a call from his son and says, uh, Dad, uh, I got a little something to share with you here. <laughs> and what did your son tell you? So it's my girlfriend's son, um, but the, the, um, my partner's son. And uh, he texted me. He was working in the Roush Engineering garages where Ford Performance works, and he was doing an internship, and he texted me, I got to drive it before you did. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) It was one of those special moments, you know, and and he's a car geek, too, which is cool. He has an 06 Mustang uh, done by Core Motorsports that he's, like, change the brakes on it, change the control arms. Like, he's a geek, too. That's what he does. It's fun to celebrate. Well... And isn't that just like our sons? He, all this time, and he sends, well, I got to drive it before you, you did, did, Dad. Yeah. Well, it's a, a limited edition based on the GT3 race car. Um, not available yet, but will be in late 
24, early 25. As a 25 model year. And let's just face it, it is like no Mustang that ever has existed in the world or maybe even in the imagination, and therefore it ain't cheap. But compared to the supercars that it will whip <laughs> on the track, it's it, a deal. It's, it's So, you know, uh, Mustang started out as fast, fun, and affordable, right? And as we've evolved in the technology and the, all of the stuff that's in this 24-model-year 7th-gen Mustang, you know, it is fast, fun, and a relative performance value. Like, the, the, what you can get for what you spend, you know, we'll put that up against anybody. Um, and you mentioned before that, it, you know, in your dreams, you know, uh, Mr. Farley, Jim Farley, um, who is an avid racer himself. He loves to race. He tells the story that this car has been in his brain for 50 years. Well, and if it's been in his brain for 50, it's been in Bill Ford's brain for 51. <laughs> in fact, I, frankly, I, I wrote it down and I forgot to ask Jim Owens, who's more excited? Farley or Bill? They both are. I mean, they figured uh, September 15th last year, Bill right out here at Hart Plaza said we're returning to Lamar, and Jim and Bill and the entire Ford team and family get to deliver that in June of 24. Just want to tell you that because I have you here and I, I haven't talked to you lately, but uh, a very dear friend of mine, Bill Young from Plastipac Packaging and uh, Abso Pure Water, his wife Vivian gifted him a Mach E. And he never stops talking about how much he loves that car. Proud member of the Mustang family. That Mach-E GT performance package is our fastest Mustang currently, 0 to 60. It has Magnaride suspension, Brembo brakes. It has the Pony tri-bars on it. It is a real, true member of the Mustang family. It only looks good. It looks fast standing still. And literally, 0 to 60 in the mid-threes. If only Jim Owens enjoyed doing what he's doing. (laughs) (laughs) Good to see you, and congratulations on that new Mustang GTD. The Mustang Marketing Manager, Ford Motor Company, Jim Owens. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Always good joining you. We continue here in advance of the auto show being open to everyone on WJR. Meanwhile, let me just tell you real quick, you can enjoy the North American International Detroit Auto Show with an exclusive VIP access ticket to benefit Variety, the children's charity of Detroit. An amazing experience valid for one public show day between September 16th and the 24th. It includes general admission to the show as well as exclusive VIP access to the luxury and exotic VIP lounge with a personalized VIP credential. A complimentary drink ticket is included. Best of all, tickets are $40 per person, only available through Variety. For more information or to reserve your tickets, please call 248-258-5511, 248-258-5511, or email Michelle at VarietyDetroit.com. Michelle at Variety.com. Take advantage of this great benefit and helping all the children at Variety Detroit as we continue. Great event last night. Thanks to Sean at uh, the premier destination for cigars in Metro Detroit, they say on their card here, Ambassador Cigars and Spirits with a walk-in humidor. Certified tobacconists, full cocktail lounge, craft beers, sandwiches, small plates. Thank you, Sean. They're there at 3614 Rochester Road in Troy. And Rod Alberts pulled it off again, a big uh, cigar. uh, What do they call that? uh, There's a club, and I can't remember what it's called. Link, I'm sorry to bother you, but what's the the cigar thing last night? What's the club called? The Grand Caster? 
Oh, no wonder it. Grande Castoro Cigar Club. It it means Big Beaver. It's the Big Beaver Club, not to be confused with the road. All right, uh, but it was a great event last night. I saw Patrick Anderson in person yesterday here at the show. He's the principal and CEO of Anderson Economic Group. It was so nice seeing you in person. I never get to see you in person. In fact, even now you're on the phone, Patrick. Hello. Hello, and it was turn nice up. seeing turn you, up. too. Here we and, go. Yeah, it was it was a lot of fun seeing you and, and some of the other folks uh, down at the auto show. And, of course, great being at the show. I mean, I'm, I'm excited about the show, too. We're all excited about the show. Um, we're excited about the charity preview uh, tomorrow night. And, and it's, it's a wonderful event to go to. You can go to NAIAS.com slash charity preview tickets. I hope you will be there with us. NWJ I will be. Special. Good. Excellent. I will be. I'll, I'll be, be the guy with a black bow tie on. I don't know how you're going to find me, Paul W. Tomorrow, all these people will be dressed properly. Everybody's going to be dressed, uh, most everybody, in a tuxedo, and uh, and it's a good, good event. We're going to raise money for six charities. The UAW has uh, said that they are not going to cause any trouble or make people uncomfortable, and we really appreciate that because nobody should become come between the charities, the kids, and the event tomorrow. So uh, that's all good. And then we're going to open the show uh, to the public. Of course, the, the charity preview is open to the public. Uh, it's a big fundraiser. But, Patrick Anderson, you were here yesterday. How are you feeling? I like the, I like the show. I so, uh, listened to your discussion with the Mustang brand manager. I like that uh, Maki rally, by the way. I, about time you got something that you can take kind of, let me say, a little bit off-road or in, in rough Michigan places. So I was happy about right. that. Saw some nice cars. I, I think giving people a chance to – actually see what an electric car is like as a positive as opposed to you know reading how great it is but having that nagging feeling that maybe you'd have a trouble uh figuring out how to charge it so all those things are good for the industry and uh, good for the you know really the cornerstone of the michigan economy that we want everybody to know about well it brings us to the other thing that you and i have talked about and that everyone is concerned about and that is that at eleven fifty nine this evening we're going to find out if magically something has been worked out between the automakers and the auto workers. I am not holding my breath. What about Patrick Anderson, principal and CEO of Anderson Economic Group? And you're in this position a lot of times to look at these things. And we're very concerned about a strike and what it would cost, not the auto industry. We're talking about the entire United States economy if this happens. I am concerned about this, and as you know, Paul W., we've been talking about this now for a month or more. Our Anderson Economic Group estimate is that a 10-day strike against all three of the automakers would cost us $5.6 billion, a lot of that concentrated in and around Michigan and Ohio, Indiana, uh, you know, out in Chicago where they're building some Ford products in Missouri and parts of Texas where they're building Suburbans. Uh, you know, these are the, these are the auto assembly locations are concentrated in the midwest and michigan's the heart of it so if there is a strike first thing is workers lose wages this isn't some kind of wall street loss this is a loss of people who are you know driving up i-75 right now as we speak going to you know pick their kids up or get groceries or going to work so we're going to lose a lot of wages we're going to lose suppliers are going to be in a tough position 
And of course, the automakers are going to be in a hard position too. So we'd like to avoid a strike, uh, but you know that's that's the system we have, and the, the UAW has every right to ask for big wage increases, and the automakers have every right to say, well, we need a sustainable uh, contract. And exactly right, there we are, about you know 12 hours from now. You know, I I understand their feeling when the auto business is really going well. You and I have been around a long time. It's a roller coaster. It hasn't been lately, but, well, it has been really. But so you put a contract together where the workers really uh, benefit from when things are going well, but you have to have the other end in there. It has to be fair so that if the business goes really bad, and I'm not just talking about the bonus they get because it goes well beyond these sometimes fabulous bonuses they get, there's going to come a time when the industry is down so much, especially the American industry, that they would have to take some cutbacks, and I don't think they want to do that. They've done that in the past. They still are upset about many of the cutbacks they've done in the past, so that's going to be a tough sell, I think. But, uh, you know, we'll Absolutely. see. Absolutely. Uh, and the, I remind people the goal here isn't, you know, avoid a strike at all costs. The, the goal here is to have a sustainable agreement where we can produce great products and make a profit in good years and sustain ourselves in bad years because there will be bad years. I mean, the, it is a roller coaster. It has been ever since we started, I don't know, selling cars in large numbers back in the 30s and 40s. It's always been pro-cyclical. When a recession occurs, first thing Americans do is stop buying cars. That's not going to change. So we need a contract that gets gets us through a recession. Yep, you're absolutely right. Patrick Anderson will be talking often um, because I think it's inevitable at this point. I hope and pray that it isn't. I'd love to be wrong. But uh, after 11.59 p.m. tonight, we'll know for sure. Patrick Anderson, Principal and CEO, Anderson Economic Group. Keep up the good work. I'll see you tomorrow night at the uh, Charity Preview. I know you'll be the guy in the tuxedo. <laughs> All right, we'll see you then, Paul W. Thank you, Patrick, as we continue on WJR. Nobody wants to replace their roof. It's an unplanned expense. Choosing the right company used to be very stressful. Not now, not with Victor's Home Solutions around. A roof repair is less expensive and much less hassle. How do you know what you need? Well... You should know the hot summer sun has been hard on your shingles. They can become brittle and dried out, and that's the beginning of problems. Victor, the owner of Victor's Home Solution, says he sees roofs every year that were beyond repair because a minor problem was allowed to fester and become major damage. There are things you can do to postpone a roof replacement and get the full lifespan out of your shingles. Take a minute to walk around your home and look up at the roof. Do you see any shingles raised up or curling? That's a sure sign of damage that needs to be addressed. If you see damage or if you're just unsure or you'd like an expert opinion, do this. Call Victor's. They'll be out within 24 hours to do a free 21-point inspection. It is the most comprehensive in the industry. They inspect your roof from above and below in the attic, too, for that very important attic ventilation. They're going to get a comprehensive picture of what your roof needs. They'll go over their findings with you point by point and discuss what the next steps are. It might be a repair. It could be a whole replacement. Always good to come back to the auto show and see good friends. And I'll tell you what, there's no better friend than our friends at Aishin. 
And, in fact, what a pleasure it is to say hi in person to the president and CEO of Ocean World Corporation of America, Scott Turpin. Good afternoon, Paul. Actually, that, that sounds weird to say. Good afternoon, Yeah, it does, Paul. doesn't it? Yeah. It still sounds weird to hear. I sometimes have to write it down so I don't say by accident what yeah. I said for so many years. I mean, that, that schedule change has really got to mess with your system, going from uh, breakfast food to hot dogs to <laughs> for lunch. Where did the hot dog story come from again? What is it? Where's this hot dog story that keeps coming up? I have not had a hot dog today. Link Bessard. Loose lips sink ships. He doesn't even know what I'm talking about. I once said in the rabbit died, and he had no idea what I was talking about. Let's not even go down there. Joe Rotinsky, who's old enough to know, knows all those things. You remember all those things. Sorry. Scott isn't yet uh, old enough for that. The Northfield Township location, North American Sales and Marketing Headquarters of Aishan Group, the world's fifth largest Tier 1 supplier of automotive components and systems such as powertrains, brakes, chassis, bodies, engine-related parts, electronics, intelligent transportation systems. I'm happy to say I'm one of the few guys who can say I was there. We visited Aishan in Japan a couple of times and met with the people and saw the facilities and everything you're doing. And, Scott, no wonder you're happy to be working with that company. It's a great company. It is. It's a, it's a fantastic company to work for. Um, great group of people, great uh, mission. And um, we're, we're happy to be at the, uh, um, at the show again this year. Um, it's a pleasure to be on your show today. Um, to uh, to talk about our company. Well, we love having you here, and and people that come to the auto show for this, the tech day, um, and the press day, will see your display out in the the main lobby. I guess um, is that just for today, or does that go away after today? It, it will go away after today. It'll okay. be, we'll be there through charity preview night tomorrow night. Oh, good. And then um, and then we'll be pulling out of the out of the show, but. Uh, the location's fantastic for us. I, I guess I um, should call it the concourse and better uh, say uh, it's where that beautiful, iconic Joe Louis bronze statue yes. is. So uh, so that was that, that, that's important for people to look for it who are now still listening. It's early in the afternoon and lots more people will be coming in. You're making uh, tremendous strides in EV innovation and communication, which is expensive. Extremely important, Scott Turpin, these days. We are. We're, uh, we've put a lot of effort and energy into uh, developing um, new products that will carry us into the EV uh, market, but also uh, whether it's EV or you know, traditional ICE engines, uh, connectivity um, is becoming more and more critical in vehicles today. Um, so the systems that we're working on um, have um, you know, the com- community and the driver in mind, but also... Um, very beneficial for safety so you know quite often you see uh you see many people driving down the road with their cell phone in their hand yeah. looking at something um, or talking with someone so the systems we work on and have been developing really um really tailored towards the safety aspect trying to get the uh distracted driving uh, aspect out of uh, out of people's hands and and so they can focus on the road so very important yes. and now the law in uh, in michigan each year Aishin makes the top 10 list of the world's largest Tier 1 suppliers of automotive components and systems. Aishin companies manufacture brakes, transmissions, as I said, navigation systems, all of those things that I listed. It's a $32 billion company, and it is such a highly regarded company that our great governor of the great state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, chose Aishin to visit on her whirlwind Japan economic benefit trip. 
and it is a big economic benefit to have Aishin here, and she'd like to see more of you, I guess. Yes, uh, was, we, we were able to host her for a visit. Um, she was over there for the Midwest Governor's Conference, and um, uh, she took the time to, to stop by ISOM, which we were very happy to, to, uh, to accommodate oh, I her, bet. her schedule. Um, and um, we were able to, uh, to display and, and uh, show her a lot of our um, technologies that we're currently working on today. So a uh, very, very good visit with the governor. And I know uh, from our conversations before Scott Turpin, and, I, and we always are on a time uh, schedule, but you always acknowledge Aishin's greatest resources, your nearly 14,000 team members in North America. Yeah, that's our number one asset. We can, uh, we can spend money on products, um, on equipment, on factories, but uh, without the top priority uh, asset, and that's our people, it wouldn't, it wouldn't happen. So we really, we really put a strong emphasis on making sure that we attract good talent and retain good talent. And, uh, and uh, Joe Rotensky, who's sitting right next to you, has been a huge proponent of Aishin even before he started working for you. And he's made sure that I've been placed in situations around a bunch of Aishin teammates and family members, and they really are happy. And happy workers do the best job. Yes, they do. They do. So uh, we think we do a, a pretty good job. But there's always room for improvement or always room for always. Kaizen. Kaizen, there you but, are. Uh, but uh, we think we do a really good job of uh, taking care of our employees. Scott Turpin, president and CEO of Aishin World Corporation of America. Thanks for stopping by, Scott. Thank you, Paul. As we continue on WJR. I was just enjoying the music, and anyone listening now on the GreatVoice.com podcast doesn't hear any music. Someone will explain that to me one day. I know it's about... Uh, what you can do and what you can't do, I guess, is what that's about. Anyway, um, this is a great way to end our visit here this year at this spectacular 2023 North American International Detroit Auto Show because I've got the guys that make it happen and have worked so hard with Rod Alberts and others behind the scenes for an entire year they've been working on this or more. Thad Tot is the chairman of the Detroit Auto Show and the president of the Detroit Auto Dealers Association. Thad, I am thrilled that you're here. I know how busy you are running around with all of this. How do you feel? Uh, I feel energized. You know, obviously we're, we're getting up early. We're going to bed late, but it's uh, just so much enthusiasm and buzz in the air about our show. Incredibly positive feedback from the media, media like yourself, and uh, we just thank you for helping us get the word out and all the support because it's special down here this year, and the people have really got to come down here and check it out. Well, it is. When we're here at the press and the tech days and giving our listeners a front row seat, but it's extremely important to us that they come to the charity preview, if they can, go to naias.com slash charity preview tickets, N-A-I-A-S as in North American International Auto Show dot com slash charity preview tickets. Still plenty of tickets for you. The charity preview is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, WJR will be there. Channel 7 will be there. It's a great uh, prom-like atmosphere. Uh, put your tuxedo on, and you're helping six children's charities. We want as many people who can come to that to come to it. We realize not everyone can, but everyone can come to the public days that start the next day, Saturday, and along with that, we have Carl Zimmerman, president of the Detroit Auto Dealers Association, vice chairman of this 2023 North American International Detroit Auto Show, knowing that this will all fall on your shoulders next year 
But for this year, I know you're very impressed with what we've got planned for the regular public days coming up the day after tomorrow. It really is a thrill to be here, Paul. And again, thank you for for hosting and for promoting this great promotion of our city, of our industry. So yeah, all weekend, all, all next week through Sunday, we have all kinds of activations. The electric track with six different brands, including Tesla, Cadillac, Volkswagen, a host of others. The Jeep experience, the Ford Mountain, all kinds of wonderful things for the whole family to be involved in. You know, it, it, it's more than just a show. It was a show, and I loved it back in the day. But this is an experiential, I don't know if that's a word, but an experience-based event. You can hear, I don't know if you can hear, you should be able to hear the squealing tires of the hot electric vehicles on the track. This happens to be the Ford track. There are several tracks here where you can experience these vehicles. You're not just looking at them, which is fabulous because they're great eye candy, but you're experiencing that. Yeah, I mean, the activations that we uh, put in place last year were, you know, showgoers get to come here and not just look at the vehicles, but actually experience, you know, their new technology. There's still a lot of questions out there about where this industry is going, especially in the EV world. And uh, we learned from last year how important it is for the manufacturers to showcase their technology, but really learn that the consumers love it. And to be able to go inside Huntington Place and go to the EV track, for example, Carl mentioned that we got uh, 16 different models over there. Yeah, when he the started to name them, I thought, my gosh, Carl, what are you trying to do? You don't have the list in front of you. He, he did a good job. <laughs> he did do he a did. good job, but I know BMW is yeah. one of them, too. Yeah, Volkswagen. I mean, there's a lot of uh, vehicles that you're not just looking at. You can get in and ride in. Yeah, then like, like I said... When you can showcase that inside Huntington Place in a controlled environment, but still experience the technology, I think a lot of showgoers are going to say, wow, this, this electric stuff is pretty impressive. I got to do a, uh, a hole shot, if you will, in a Hummer over there that has 1,000 horsepower. Oh, my. And with Mel- Malcolm Gladwell, was in the front seat, and I was trying to watch his reaction to it. And <laughs> I don't know, he went like 50-something miles an hour. I think he got a little nervous about how fast the wall behind him was coming. We had to brake. But, so, man, it was, it was awesome. Ted, look for the new book from Malcolm. <laughs> yes, exactly. You might be a part of that new book. Uh, Thad Zott here, Chairman, Detroit Auto Show President, Detroit Auto Dealers Association. Carl Zimmerman, President, Detroit Auto Dealers Association, Vice Chairman, 2023 North American International Detroit Auto Show. And you've done some great things here that have never done before. And by the way, I should mention, the show opens up Saturday, uh, September 16th, after the charity preview, which is obviously open to the public. But then the regular show, Saturday, September 16th through Sunday, September 24th, which is nine days. So it's shorter than maybe it was many years ago, these public days. So don't just say, oh, yeah, I got to get down there. Get down here right from the beginning. Let's show the world how much we support the auto industry. I don't care what else is happening anywhere with the auto industry. You want to show your support, no matter where you stand in this. If we don't support the auto industry... And God forbid we ever lose the auto industry. I don't even want to think about where we would be the day after that happens. Amen. We do not want it to happen. And so please come. And here's one of the things that you've done. I've never, I, maybe you did it before and I missed it. But the DADA announces that one lucky Detroit Auto Show visitor uh, might be purchasing a raffle ticket that would win their choice 
of a 2023 Chevrolet Corvette, 2023 Ford Bronco Raptor, or 2023 Jeep Grand Wagoneer as part of the DADA Education Foundation's official vehicle raffle. We have like 30 seconds. That's pretty cool. I think everybody's going to want to choose the Corvette, right, Dad? I don't think so. I think I'm going with the Grand Wagoneer myself. Maybe. It's a dollar for the ticket, isn't $1, it? One dollar, yeah. One you can dollar. buy and you can buy as many tickets as you want. Right. Yeah. A dollar for a ticket. You can buy as many as you want, and you will be helping out the DADA Education Foundation with this official vehicle raffle. Just By the way, the weather forecast is phenomenal. Oh, that's right. Being so outside that. Detroit. Yeah. Being walking around yes. Detroit. It's going to be Amen. beautiful every day of this trip. we got to go. Regards, Paul W. Smith.